0: Support for Georgia College Connections
1: comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu. Thank you for tuning in to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today I've invited Jennifer Flory and Cliff Towner co-chairs of the georgia college music department to preview this year's installment of a holiday tradition on the georgia college campus at 7 30 p.m this friday december 1st the georgia college music department hosts the 10th annual holiday concert in the russell auditorium it is an evening of performances by georgia college's top musical ensembles including the jazz band the Orchestra, University Chorus, amongst others. Consider this your invitation to an evening of holiday cheer again on Friday, December 1st. Jennifer Florey, Cliff Towner, welcome to Georgia College Connections. Thank you. Thank you. For those of our audience members who may not be familiar with the holiday concert, I was wondering if you could start off our conversation by introducing them to it.
2: Sure. This event is a, a way for us to bring most of our music ensembles together to give the audience a little snippet of each ensemble. So we'll open with the brass ensemble and uh, proceed to the orchestra and then Max Noah Singers, uh, men's quartet, and so on. We, we feature the jazz band, string quartet, women's ensemble, university chorus, a number of small ensembles, and then uh, the Wind Symphony will we'll close out toward the end and then we'll combine everyone together in a performance of a piece that was arranged by a former theory instructor and a number of students who are who arranged this Carol of the Bells finale in the tr- tradition of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra
1: and you have so many uh, different parts of the the program. Does each of them have a prescribed role? I mean, is it a part that they play each year? Or do they have a lot of autonomy themselves to kind of figure out uh, their take on this holiday tradition?
0: Each ensemble has a, a, a specific time. So, for example, you know, uh, for the the Wind Symphony, you know, I have, a, I have about nine minutes of music to work with. And so when I'm thinking about what to play, I want to rotate through. There's some standards that I want to make sure all the students pedagogically have been able to play, but also I don't want to do the same thing over and over. So I kind of have a rotation that I use throughout, though this year uh, we're doing something entirely new. So that's one part of it. So I think each o- ensemble has that kind of own pedagogical role because they are classes. But then other things, the way they're pieced together has a lot to do with stuff that the audience will never see in that stage managing. There may be an ensemble playing on the front of the curtain, and the reason they're playing on the front of the curtain is the stage crew is changing behind the scenes getting ready from one large ensemble to the other so you rarely ever see two large ensembles right after each other because there's no room and we don't we don't want to have the audience sitting there while we move while we move furniture basically so yeah there's a strategy to the order they all play in though we do try to play with it from year to year Um, but every time we do every time we're going to change the order of the ensemble we always have to start thinking about it from a stage crew and a furniture moving point of view, which is not something the audience normally sees or would think about. And that's the whole point, is that they don't see or think about it. And then we've done our job.
1: And, you know, obviously you said that there is a lot of logistics that go into it. Uh, What are the parts that audience members who may be returning this year are? perhaps have even been there for the nine previous years, that'll be familiar to them. And of course, as you can imagine, I'm going to follow up this question with, uh, what might be different for this year? And that mm-hmm. could be uh, music or even just the way that uh, the program is presented.
0: Well, I think the, the one thing I'll tell you that's been the same for all 10, I believe, is the finale. This uh, piece that was arranged by our previous um, professor of theory and uh, and the students at the time now that are all alums, um, this reorchestration of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Carol of the Bells, has been at the end for all 10 years. So that'll be there. You you have to make it through the rest of it, but it'll be there at the end. And it's always a crowd favorite. We often talk in our rooms that that's kind of mandatory. That has to be there. It's the first thing that goes on the program each year as part of the planning. We know we're closing with that. Um, So that'll be there. And was that the intention
1: uh, 10 years ago as uh, to kind of create this into uh, something to be expected? Or how did it rise to this level where um, this has the, been the finale for 10 years in a row?
2: I'm not sure if Dr. O'Grady <laughs> intended it to be the finale every year, but after we did it for a couple years, it was something that the audience came to expect and the students came to expect performing it. And so I think if we talked about changing it, we would have a lot of pushback.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think the other thing it does is, you know, you, you, you hear all the individual ensembles throughout the concert, and then this finale is everybody on the stage or in the, among the audience at the same time. And so it brings the concert to a nice close. Everybody comes back out. It's almost like that final bow at a musical production. That's what it is. But we also, you know, obviously it's music on top of that. And in, in it features everybody. Everybody plays. There's faculty members that are playing in it uh, and so forth and so on.
2: Another thing that, that we have brought back every year is the men's quartet, the 12 Days of Christmas. And it's always a, f- a fun sort of comic relief between some pieces that might be maybe a little more serious, although this year it's after Good King Kong looked out and uh, the jazz band's presentation of My Favorite Things. But it's, it's a nice time for those four guys to shine and and a student actually coaches that ensemble and and those folks pass, I've got a senior there that sang in his freshman year. And so he's been singing it for four years. So it's a nice, nice tradition.
1: Mm-hmm. and of course uh, Cliff you mentioned that um, you'll be doing something completely different with one of the ensembles that you lead so what are uh, some of the new things that people might look forward to for this holiday concert
0: well I was talking uh, a little bit earlier about the the tradition and what that brings back to me but I think um, as musicians I think one of the other things and I always caution my students about this is you know for us one of the things is, is you get the same songs coming back and back and back so for example my students always want to know well why aren't, you, why aren't we doing sleigh ride let's do sleigh ride for example it's like man I I don't know if I can do sleigh ride every year. I like sleigh ride, but it's a lot of work to do sleigh ride every year. It's the same piece over and over. So so what we did this year is I found this arrangement. It's entitled Minor Alterations. And so what it does is it takes some of your favorite Christmas tunes that you're used to hearing Happy and Joyful, such as jolly old St. Nicholas or Santa Claus is coming to town and all this and puts them into a minor key and then puts on all these other quotes from other classical pieces that are all in there. And so they're all in style. So, you know, you'll be going along with jolly old St. Nicholas and all of a sudden a little call of Mary Poppins will pop out or something like that. And so it's it's a lot of fun, and it, it it's it's all tongue, tongue in cheek, and it's you know hopefully the audience will will hear that, and and I'm totally okay if they just laugh out loud while we're playing this because we've been laughing out loud when we were reading it and and working on it. There's just times where we break down laughing because it's so funny what this composer has done to all these tunes. Well.
1: It has happened, and we are out of time in this segment, but this is actually a good thing because we're going to feature some of the music uh, that you may hear at this holiday concert. Can you tell us, what is the first selection that um, our audience is going to get to appreciate?
2: This is the Carol of the Bells finale that we've talked about that's in the tradition of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and it was arranged by T.J. Brown, David Cheek, John Henneken, Brandon Lynch, Paul Rossetti, and our former professor of theory, Douglas O'Grady.
1: This is the Carol of the Bells, and if you're just joining us, we're of course talking about this Friday's holiday concert. It takes place at 7.30, again Friday, December 1st, in the Russell Auditorium. I'm talking with Cliff Towner and Jennifer Flory all about it on this edition of Georgia College Connections. Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC eighty-eight point three FM. You just heard the Carol of the Bells, and that was from a a previous. Edition of the holiday concert which is happening again this year it's actually happening at 7 30 this friday december 1st and it will take place in the russell auditorium joining me in the studio today to preview this year's installment of the holiday concert are jennifer flory and cliff towner co-chairs of the georgia college music department and now we talked about just a little bit about it um, in that last segment, but I thought I would start off by talking about the history of this holiday concert. Of course, this is the 10th iteration of the holiday concert. Honestly, I'm surprised that it's so young of a tradition here on the college campus, but you know, could you tell us a little bit about the how and the why the music department embarked on creating this holiday tradition?
2: Absolutely. I guess I came in 2005, and at the time we were as a department we were trying to come up with some events that would allow us to raise some scholarship money so we had a women's history month concert and we had tried some other sort of events where we did almost like a dinner theater kind of thing or performances with, with food. Those hadn't been as successful as we would have liked, so uh, we put our heads together and came up with with this holiday concert idea. Um, I had been through the Feast of Carols, which is a, a traditional annual event held by the College Conservatory of Music at the University of Cincinnati, which I received my graduate degrees from there, and Dr. Towner received his undergraduate degrees from there, or degree from there, and Feast of Carols, we used to call Beast of Carols. The beast. And uh, the holiday concert was sort of modeled after that with, you know, with the faculty that were here at the time in, in 2008. But we wanted to come up with something where we could get the maximum audience in. At the time, we actually, we we sold tickets, but now we have... Um, complimentary tickets and we we asked for a suggested donation but it was all all started to to go basically towards scholarship um, money for students and also uh, to highlight all of our ensembles and try and build audience for the choral ensembles from people that were used to attending instrumental events and vice versa and that kind of thing.
1: And, I mean, is this every part of the music department, all of the ensembles under y'all's umbrella, uh, coming out for this? Or is it, um, are there some people who are playing multiple roles in this? Or are there some people who may not have a repertoire uh, appropriate for the holidays?
0: No, there are some small ensembles, some small chamber ensembles that that are not on the program each year. They kind of rotate on and off the program. So not every ensemble we have are on the program, but all the large ones are. So it does involve every music major and a lot of non-music majors that participate in those large ensembles and some of those chamber ensembles, so... It does involve pretty much anybody that you know, comes through the music, uh, the music department. There would be very few individuals that wouldn't be performing in one way or another on this concert.
1: Well, and to continue just uh, thinking about this as a as a historic event on your 10th anniversary, um, when it started out 10 years ago, I mean, was this um, with the goal of creating a holiday tradition or is this um, with the idea that uh, this is something that uh, we're working to just try to elevate the um, uh, reputation of the music department here?
2: I think when we started it, we we thought, you know, if it goes well, we'll make it an annual, an annual thing. And it did go well. And I think for one year we may have had two performances, but we didn't have enough audience to really justify having it over two nights, either that or I don't remember anyway. But but once we did it for a couple of years, we decided, yeah, we definitely need to do this every year because again, it was something that that came to be expected by the community, and you know, I'd have people come up to me at church and say, "When's the holiday concert?" You know, we definitely want to get our tickets and. That kind of thing.
1: Well, and it is a big event. I mean, I remember having gone to it uh, a few years ago, and typically a Friday night on the Georgia College campus, especially this close to the end of the calendar year, it can be a very desolate place. But I mean, this really actually draws the crowds out to that. Um, As y'all were talking about um, the Feast of Carols uh, from y'all's alma mater, how do your students uh, view this? Is it that thing at the end of the year that they're always looking forward to, or is it that thing at the end of the year where they're trying to get all their priorities set? And, you know, get climb over this mountain just to get over the next one, to get over the next one, then get home to Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Yeah, you probably have to ask them. They probably all give you a different answer. <laughs> I can say that, you know, this normally, it doesn't this year, but um, it normally falls in the last week of class so it is a very very stressful time not only for faculty but for the students too. a lot of their big projects are due during this and then you know we have two dress rehearsals plus the concert so three nights a week we're asking of their time fortunately this year you know we're on the second to last week of the semester so it's a little less they have another week to go caught a few of them off guard but that's alright um, so I think it actually works better here but when it falls on the last week yeah I think it's a really stressful time but the musicians that we have love to make music that's why they're there and so I think any chance they get to play uh, and make music, that they're joyful to do that. Um, so even though it may be a stressful time and they may wish it was at a different part of the semester sometimes, I don't think anybody holds a grudge or anything or, or you know, looks at it coming looming going, oh no, not that. I've never gotten that sense from any of, any of the students.
2: No. And the nice thing too is the dress rehearsals, you know, they, they come and they do their part, but on Tuesday night, they can leave after their part is done. So unless they have to stay till the end, sorry, wind symphony and university chorus, they, you know, they don't have to be there quite so long. And then two on, they get to watch the other performances by the other groups on Tuesday. And that's a nice time because they, they get to see each other perform, which, you know, sometimes the, the singers don't go to as many instrumental events and vice versa. And so it's a, it's a really good time for them to see what their colleagues are doing across the department and mm-hmm. I, I think they really look forward to it. Yeah, from it's, from what I've seen, and a lot of the families come. Yeah, because it's on a Friday night, so a lot of the families are able to get away, and you know, even if they're going to be out late or they spend the night in Millageville or whatever, they're mm-hmm. able to come to the concert.
0: And it's nice at those dress rehearsals, you know, because the hall's empty for the most part, except just us. But the students start applauding for each other yeah. and stuff, and it's really kind of neat to watch them share and support each other. You know, in our normal ensemble pods we don't we don't get to see that and so watching them all interact with each other and work on things together it's it's kind of cool mm-hmm.
1: well it's happened again uh we're out of time in this segment and if you're just joining us we're of course talking about this friday's holiday concert it takes place at 7 30 again friday december 1st in the russell auditorium i'm talking with cliff towner and jennifer Flory all about it on this edition of georgia college connections Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. In the studio with me today to preview this year's 10th Annual Holiday Concert is Jennifer Flory and Cliff Towner, co-chairs of the Georgia College Music Department. Now, during each of these breaks, um, you've been kind of letting me uh, back behind the curtain a little bit and talking about the experience from y'all's perspective and from the perspective of many of the people who will be on the stage, um, whether in front of the audience or back in the wings. And you were saying that it is kind of a rite of passage um, for some of you alls students. I was just wondering if you might uh, share with our audience uh, that kind of behind-the-scenes glimpse into the holiday concert?
0: So one of the things that we started on three or four years ago is that we create our stage crew out of the first uh, freshman and sophomore music education majors. More if they're transfer students, their first, first and second year in the music ed program. This was for pedagogical reasons as they go out and become teachers and uh, have to organize and run concerts of their own in the schools, then they need some of that experience and so and then the first and second year that gets us about the right size so that's that that stage crew and and how to you know move things and move things quietly, but also how you plan ahead there's a lot of a planning and stuff that goes on into that, and they're led by. A graduate student, we have a a faculty member, Dr. Tina Holmes-Davis, who who runs that stage crew and so forth from the faculty standpoint. But most of the labor is all done by the first and second year music education students. And you're talking about that rite of passage. I remember when I remind them of that each year, the music ed students, you know, I see the third years all smile. (laughs) Like... Yeah, this is my year. I get to go sit on the second floor of Lanier for an hour before I come down and play, you know? And so I'm not constantly, constantly busy. And so they have that big smile on their face like, yes, I am done with the stage crew, which is kind of fun. It's fun to watch and see that. But but by the time they're done, after two years of, of service and, and learning how that all works put together, we feel confident that they can go out and do that exact same thing over and over and over through their, through their career path in, in music education. So I think it's an important aspect of their education that even though it Denver shows up on a course you know on a transcript
1: and of course i mean i saw those smiles between the two of y'all as y'all had that shared experience of um i'll continue to call it uh, the feast of carols because uh, i did not go through it myself uh, do you hear back from them after they've gone on and had some of their um first experiences uh, perhaps in y'all's shoes about building up to where they are through experiences like this
2: Um, I don't know if I've specifically had any feedback about the the stage crew aspect of it, but definitely have have had contact with some of our alums who have gone out and been, you know, high school choral directors like Mitchell Moore over at Howard High and Mm -hmm. Macon, who does Howard's Got Talent and... Mm -hmm. Um, his own like holiday concert and things like that. And I'm sure that that they use those skills that they, you know, formed in their years on the stage crew and not just the stage crew, but also those are runners. Like the usually the instrumental folks do the stage crew stuff because chairs and stands sort of for instrumentalists and then the singers, they'll make be runners. And so they'll say, go get this group or go get this group or, you know, go over to the library and get the university chorus because the university chorus is too big for any other space in Lanier so we have to put them in the atrium of the library i think they do hearken back to those experiences mm-hmm. and and find those to be you know yeah beneficial I be, yeah formative I, I, think, <laughs>
0: I think one of the one of the most enjoyable parts of a holiday concert is when it's over and recent alums come down and talk i can remember talking to them they're like. I've never been on this side before, especially mm. if they just, you know, like this is their first one to sit in the audience for. And a, loft, a lot of times they come back mm. and it's a whole new experience to them, even though they've been in that. They've been part of the stage crew. They've been in the concert. They performed for it for four years. And then they come back and they're like, wow, it's a it's a different angle for them. And that's always fun to talk to them and see their faces um, and, and listen to them react um, about being on that side. And, and it, it's kind of a, a feel-good moment, I would say.
2: Mm-hmm. And we have, have also, or at least I have, invited alumni up. If I see them, I say, come, come up and join us for the finale, for Carol of the Bell's finale, because you know, we could use as many singers can as we can can always use get.
0: more singers for the finale. <laughs> always more singers.
1: Uh, for y'all, or, or maybe
0: through your training, what is the connection between music and the holiday season? I don't know. For me, I, I don't know. I think music, one of, the, one of the powers of music is it has the power to transport you back in time. So for me, when I hear particularly certain Christmas carols in particular, I can transport myself back to to when I was young, growing up in the house. A uh, good example of that is Sing Along with Mitch. My dad always had that Sing Along with Mitch LP and played it, you know, constantly all the time because we would always sing along with it. And so anytime I hear anything off of that album, I am again nine years old, and that's a really cool power to have. And so I think that's one of the things that it does. It just it brings us back to positive memories of the holidays with family and so forth and so on. And I I think it can be very powerful that way.
2: And I would say too, that the holiday season is is a wonderful happy time, but it's also a, a sad time for some who've lost loved ones. And so music is something that is comforting to us in both happy times and sad. And it's a time of gathering together. And I think that this holiday concert brings the department together, but it also brings the community together. And it's something that I think, can be a comfort to those who need it during the holiday season.
1: All right, well, as we close, can I ask y'all for one more call to action to get our audience members out into the seats at 7.30 p.m. this Friday, December 1st for the 10th Annual Holiday Concert.
2: Absolutely, so admission is free, but tickets are required. And so for complimentary tickets, radio listeners can contact the music department by email. Um, music at gcsu.edu, or they can call 478-445-8289. And again, this is Friday evening, December 1st, at Russell Auditorium at 7.30 p.m.
0: Yep, and I would say don't delay, because the phone's been ringing off the hook all day today. (laughs) And so Chris and Kate will take care of you um, when you call or email in, but but don't delay, because they're going. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, Jennifer Flory, Cliff Towner, Thank you so much for coming in and talking to our radio audience about the 10th annual holiday concert this Friday in the Russell Auditorium.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. You've
1: been listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Tonight, we previewed the 10th annual holiday concert, which will take place at 7.30 p.m. this Friday, December 1st, in the Russell Auditorium on the campus of Georgia College in downtown Milledgeville. Joining me in the studio to talk about the event were Cliff Towner and Jennifer Flory, co-chairs of the Georgia College Music Department. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. It's been my pleasure spending this portion of the evening with you here on Georgia College Connections, and I want you to to know that I look forward to convening with you next time. Tuned because up next we preview a special multimedia production of the Christmas classic It's a Wonderful Life. That's coming up on a new edition of Milledgeville Matters.